I'm Romney Navarro, and this is Firestarters, a streamlined funding podcast where entrepreneurs share their stories, passions, and the formulas fueling their success. Each week, we talk to extraordinary people about what they do, why they do it, how they make a difference, and how they inspire the people around them. Now, it's time to bring the heat. I'm so excited about today's show for a few reasons. One, because I have two of the baddest private lenders in the industry in here with me, Mel and Chris. Two, because we're going to tell you who exactly borrows private capital. There's kind of this misnomer that people that borrow private capital have bad credit. Not at all the case. These guys are entrepreneurs. These guys are operators. These guys are business builders. And we're going to break them down for you. Stay tuned. Successful investors use leverage to get the most from their investments. Streamline Funding provides project financing for home builders and entrepreneurs all across the state of Texas. Visit StreamlineFunding.com or give us a call at 512-250-8575 and speak with a Streamline representative today. We have infinite funding, resources, and expertise to help you grow your business. All right, guys, welcome back to the Firestarters podcast. We're going to do something a little different today, something that I've been excited about because we have been listening to a bunch of great stories, but not really talking to the audience about, you know, who's doing these deals. And um, I figured before we jump into the, today's topic, I would introduce who I've got in here with me. It's actually the people who speak to everybody who is borrowing private capital for these loans. So I've actually got with me Melanie Guest. And Chris Mariquin. You guys have already met Chris, but say hello, guys. Hi. Welcome, I guess, back. If people under- recognize your voice. I think so. Yeah, you were on just before this. You do a little snippet commercial. That's right. Yeah. Um, you, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, world. Hello. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, actually, because that is the best part of the show. <laughs> and then we've got Chris, the man, the myth, you know, the lender. Hey, everybody. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about something that's pretty cool to us. And hopefully it's really powerful for you guys, if nothing else, to understand kind of where you fall in the spectrum of people who are doing business in uh, the the real estate investment game. So we're going to talk about the nine people who prefer private lending. There is all kinds of lending out there, right? We've got bank lending, investor capital, cash, you name it. But there's also private lending. It's that, that thing that we do here at Streamline Funding. And we've actually narrowed it down, boiled it down to nine people who actually always prefer us or our type of financing to the alternatives that exist out there. And um, why that's exciting is because odds are, if you're listening to this, you might fall into one of these camps. It might not be an exact hit, but you understand why you would prefer private financing. So this is going to be fun. Um, I think we kick it right off. We actually had a, a little brainstorm in prior to the show. Like, what is their, what are their names? Because, you know, we don't just want to call them by their descriptions, but what are their names? And this is probably the one we had the most trouble with because this is the one that is the broadest in terms of, you know, the, the spectrum. And I'm calling this guy the freshman. Fair? Mm-hmm. So talk, talk to me, guys. Let's, let's break down the freshman. Give, give uh, the listeners a brief description on the freshman. What, what do they look like? What do they feel like? What do they, you know, why are they freshmen? Take it, Mel. Um, a freshman is a freshman specifically because they are new. They've never done this before, and 
they're eager to get into the game. So yeah, that's what's going on. You know, I, I also say a freshman for obvious reasons. I mean, you said it, but just to kind of give it a little tagline, it's the first time they've ever done anything like this. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for some time they've been kind of on the sidelines looking, 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 and it's time like measure, 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 cut. It's finally time to make the cut. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think freshman works, but since everyone at some point in their life is a freshman, I would prefer a Padawan. <laughs> Chris was overruled <laughs> earlier on that one, but whatever. That's a specialty. So someone coming into our space, if you're, if you're going to come into the investment real estate world, everyone's kind of looking at you like you're funny anyway. It's a little bit risky. You're new to this. You're jumping in. Um, you're taking a leap of faith. And especially if you're working with us, you have to be serious going in. You, ha you must have a game plan. You must prepare. Um, so I don't know, something, something that you're taking pretty seriously where there's a lot of people looking at you like with a lot of doubt. So it takes some courage. Um, freshman is, I don't know, it's not giving them enough credit. You know, but you said something that was interesting because people look at you a little funny if you're a freshman and it's, this is where they look at you funny. I don't think like your ecosystems, like, oh, this guy's the, the Padawan, the freshman, the first time or the rookie, whatever it is there. It's the financiers and the investors are saying, I have to take a risk on this person who has never, you know, proven the concept. And that's where they're looking at you funny. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking the freshman it's, um, they, there's a place. I mean, everybody has to start somewhere. You know, these guys could be the next you know, killer in the industry. Uh, we have examples of that. I never forget the, the one guy that we talked about yesterday at this presentation we gave, but he called us from a cubicle in, at Dell Computers. Next thing you know, he's building 100 houses in Austin's east side in one of the hottest areas in all of the United States. Five years later. That's, that's what a freshman could turn into, the, the baller. Or Luke Skywalker. Oh, God. Mm. Or Michael mm -hmm. Jordan. There you go. Mm -hmm. He got cut from his JV basketball team, I believe. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, he did. All right. So let's tell them a little bit about why the freshmen, um, I mean, here's the thing. They, they borrow private financing for certain reasons. There are pain points with the rest of the money that exists out there, and they have a preference over this. So why, why do they like this type of financing over, say, the alternative? I'll give you a little hint. Um, most often, because of the experience kind of percentage or the experience factor, nobody wants to take that first shot. Nobody wants to give them the chance. Right. Mm -hmm, exactly. And we um, are are willing to lend in situations where others may not. So it's one of our it's one of the reasons why they come to us that. And I, I think we really appreciate their enthusiasm and yeah. their eagerness to get started. Yeah. So let me let me roll in from there. So everybody in this spectrum of people that borrow private capital is going to come prepared with a superpower. And, you know, not every single person's superpower is created equally. Uh, mine is definitely, I'm still, I don't know what mine is, uh, unfortunately. Maybe I talk a little. Um, <laughs> but what about the freshman superpower? You said enthusiasm. I mm -hmm. think that's at the core of it. Yeah, absolutely. And they, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about beginner's mind. And in a beginner's mind, there are myriad ways that something could go. And they're really positive people. Correct. I love working with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just walking into the office this morning, I had about seven things go wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's the real world is a little different than what happens in the beginner's mind. But that enthusiasm oftentimes just breaks down barriers. I mean, you could you could win with energy. 
Yeah, I'm set on the theme. I like the chip on the shoulder. Yeah. The, the, the nobody believes in me. I'm going to get it done. You know, I'm 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 going to make it or not pass or fail and, and oftentimes it's pass more often than not mm-hmm. if they if they're coming in and they they actually get into the deal. If they get into the deal, they're they're ready for it. Now, let me let me say this. That's this is actually data that we have been pulling internally. Um, and this isn't good or bad. This is just real. Mm-hmm. So, as we as we progress down the spectrum, this is the first of nine, the freshman. As we progress down the spectrum, the more experience somebody has, oftentimes the li- the higher likelihood for success. The less experience, oftentimes the lesser likelihood. It doesn't mean that it's a guaranteed, you know, hit or failure. It just means that they've got bigger, the odds are a little bit more against them because they haven't seen any of those hands ever again, you know, ever before. So that's really cool data that we've been pulling. Um, the numbers aren't staggering. It's just a little, but it's uh, it's definitely more than the guy that's been doing it for 20 years. And what's the sample size just so people can kind of get a, a grip on ballpark? Too. Yeah. Well, so listen, guys, we've done about $500 million worth of loans. Um, the, probably 10% of that has been to freshmen or newbies or rookies and you know 20 percent of those deals are in are strained 80 percent of those deals go just perfectly fine everything goes according to plan 20 percent of those deals are strained in some capacity they didn't you know didn't see this thing coming they had a cash flow issue they had a bad contractor they whatever the case may be those things always happen because again they haven't haven't seen the hands so it's about an 80 20 rule there with the freshman you have about an 80 percent chance of just knocking it out of the park and you have a 20 percent chance of being hit with an obstacle correct and well and one one more thing just in case you're thinking like eight out of ten succeed which is a, a really high number how many people don't make it into you know we're talking about people that have closed a loan correct? yeah right. oh yeah it's like getting in the arena most right. people don't most people do not even jump in right and and that's that's what separates a freshman from a, give me a good word here, but from a spectator. Yeah. You know? So a freshman or a... HGTVer. HGTVer. Yeah. A spectator is an HGTVer, <laughs> you know? And um, and there's a place for them, too, because they, they create a lot of excitement, too. So let, let's move on. We obviously have a 30-minute show yeah. here. So this was fun, that first one, because those are probably the most exciting conversations because that's the mm-hmm. very first time they're talking about this. But that's not the only people we work with. In fact, yeah. the percentage of people we work with starts to grow almost exponentially as you see this list um, continue yeah. to mature. So the next I, person. I have ahead. a question. When do you think a, a freshman stops becoming a freshman? When do they graduate to their sophomore when, year? Yeah. When do they, when does that happen? Well, I, for me, it's just after proof, the first year. Yeah, proof the concept. Once they've proven the concept, they are now something else. I don't know if we have that, that descriptor, but they are mm. something else. But once they've proven the concept, you could probably call them a professional flipper. Okay. You know, absolutely after they've done two or three of them. Mm-hmm. So moving on. The next one is actually really interesting because this is almost the archetype that we built our business around in a lot of ways. And that's the craftsman. This is the guy who swings a hammer and takes tremendous pride in his work. He will not just measure twice and cut once. He will measure 10 times and cut once to make sure that everything is impeccable. And this guy may take a little bit longer to do a deal. You know, he might take a little longer to finish the construction, but he's almost always going to yield the highest price because of the pride in the craft. So let's talk a little bit about that guy. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about, you know, the people that you work with and, and describe them out to the audience. So so there are a lot of craftsmen out there. Uh, I think the specific type of craftsman that comes to us come with a little bit of ambition, like a little bit, maybe it's even that they have so much pride that they're willing to, they want to take it to the next level. They've, they've done it for other people. 
and and they kind of they're they're just wondering why they're not doing it for themselves and that's when they break out and they come to us and they they, they already know their craft now they just need to find the deal which is the, ho- the hardest thing to do sure in this market especially right in this market especially there's you know it's interesting there's a fine line between a freshman and a craftsman because a craftsman think about this a craftsman has been doing this for a long time but they haven't taken the investment leap yet and this is now a craftsman somebody that's been building and, and using their hands and using their brains and using their crews and, and using that experience but for other people this is maybe a home remodeler this is maybe a you know this is somebody along those lines but has never actually taken that leap however this person has the experience of construction right or something or something right inspection yeah. we've we worked with inspectors a bankers bankers yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's a great descriptor actually banker the deal that we just saw total craftsman job mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it's impeccable what what else do you think mel is there any other descriptors for these guys that yeah kind of we could so the way that i the way that i think about most of our clients in general because of the due diligence processes that i lead are are, are basically thinking about how they communicate to me during the due diligence process. And our craftsmen tend to be the most communicative, the most proud. Detailed? Yeah, like the most proud of what they're doing. And they're, I, I genuinely enjoy working with them probably more than anyone else. Whoa. Yeah. I was going to ask who your favorite was in a minute, but I, I didn't want to put, put you on the spot like that. I, we, I don't know. We have so many more to go through, but I kind of it's the truth it is you know and you said i said it actually but i think i put the words in your mouth these are the guys that when you ask for specs on a deal will give you the specs (laughs) down to the to the detail to the most finite detail which is super cool because they care so much about it yeah let's talk about these guys superpower what what separates them from the pack in your opinion diligence every time yeah definitely I, I keep, I'll come back to what we said earlier. I think it's the pride in his craft. Right. This is like yeah. he will he will do everything in his power to make sure that that thing that he is building is perfect. You know, unlike some other people, and that, there's nothing wrong with the other one. This is just mm-hmm. this person is a craftsman because they care about every single cut, every single install, every single material. You you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what a craftsman does. I think it's a pride in his craft. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I actually like working with these guys a lot too, by the way. I these really guys do. are, the excitement level is through the roof. And, and frankly, when they succeed, this is one of the best celebrations because these guys succeed at a, at a pretty high level for the record. But when they succeed and they hit those home runs, and oftentimes they do because they yield a higher profit margin more than some other people because of the, yeah. the quality of the craft. Um, it's just cool. This is kind of the stuff you see on HGTV that's kind of, you know, dramatized for TV. It's not the real world doesn't look like TV, but the way that they portray it, it's like this is this great renovation that has this historical you know component. These are the guys that do those deals, mm-hmm. you know. And it's usually in addition to whatever else he's doing. It, oh yeah, it, well, early on anyway, before they graduate. Yeah. Oh man, I've seen a couple of those businesses kind of flourish to where it's like I flipped a house, I flipped another house, and then I'm flipping these historical homes only, and we are the market leader, market maker in that space. And they evolve into builders, right? Yep. Typically. Typically, yeah. There's that's definitely one of the paths, which is a perfect segue. What's the next guy we lend to? What's the next profile we lend to? And who is the next person that likes to borrow private, you know, private capital, private financing? It's real simple. It's the general contractor. It's the GC. This is a guy who has been a builder, is a builder, um, but may not be building for his own, you know, on his own accord. He's probably building either for somebody or building a custom type home. 
So this is a person that takes the first leap into what we call in the industry a spec home. Spec being speculative. These guys are cool. These guys are a little ambitious um, because they are that good at the business of building. So they know I'm going to get this house up no matter what and people buy my product, right? So they're a little bit ambitious, but the fact is they're oftentimes right. So let's talk a little bit about these guys. Let's describe them a little bit further. What do you think? GCs? GCs. Um, well, a lot of times they enter our space because they've been building for someone else. Yeah. And they kind of get a taste for blood. <laughs> I love that term. I'll tell you what, though, it's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, I think we were talking about it earlier, but with their superpower, the ability to be really logistical. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of strat involved. Um, I'll say this. You, you yeah. said something I, I kind of want to expand on. So um, they're seeing... Think of, a, think of a custom home going up in your neighborhood, all right? It's probably this general contractor you know, profile that we're describing. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that's building that custom home. He's seeing a bunch of spec houses go up that the contractors are making a killing on. They're not just taking a little fee on, they're making a killing on, right? Yeah. That, he's seeing that. He's like, I can do that. In fact, my house is 10 times better than that house. That's who the general contractor is. The guy that's like, this st- these guys right here you know, are bums. I could go and kill what they're doing straight up. I mean, think about that. These guys are bums. I'm better. I could put a better product out there. You know, Put me in, coach. And oftentimes, they just don't even know where to get started with the financing. So they prefer private capital, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong here, and I, I'm certainly interested in hearing what you have to say, because they don't really know where to get started with this. Because oftentimes, they've been, you know, they, well, their entire career, they've been waiting for their client to provide the capital to do the construction. Now they need to fend for themselves and bring the capital. And that's where private financing comes in. Yes? Yeah, and they may even they may even know where to get the capital, but... It, it's difficult to approach a bank. You're going to get shot down, and then eventually they find their way to us. Yeah. You know, we haven't talked about that with all three of these. Everybody has a reason why they prefer it. I mean, and we're just kind of describing them all in the air, but why would they yeah. prefer us versus the alternative? You just said it with, with these guys. You know, the bank shoots them down for whatever reason. And frankly, one of the main reasons is banks don't like having speculative inventory on their books. You know, private lenders don't necessarily mind because we realize it's just inventory in the real estate market. It's not inventory on our books as much as it's inventory in the market. So if the market's going to absorb it, let's do it, right? Right. And and we're we're just 10x more specialized yeah. in, in that in that piece of the market. So, well, no, no, kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. But what's this? What's this guy's superpower? In your opinion, Chris, what's this guy's superpower? Um, for this, for, for general contractors, it's, uh, a good GC is able to, to keep multiple projects going, keep everything organized, keep it tight, keep it on time, which is extremely important in our niche. Yeah. You know what? It's summed up, boiled down to two words. I would say project management, you know, you know, you could even throw a little juggling in there, but project management, it's, it's kind of like it operates smoothly every time more often than not because they have done it so so often. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can have a fantastic operator that's never done this before and come in and crush it, but these guys have already been operating. They've already kind of made the mistakes. Now it's just a matter of getting the project off the ground. That's what I think the GC's superpower is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Hmm. Everybody's favorite, 
and probably one of the most active in the real estate market right now. Let's, let's just be honest. One of the most active in the real estate investment market right now because it is such a hot market. And this is what, what we're calling the industry pro. This is somebody that comes from the world of real estate, mortgage, banking, you know, whatever it may be. They're in the real estate industry. They're not necessarily investors first, but they've got access to deals, man. This is a real estate pro, excuse me. This is the industry pro. What, um, what do you guys think about the industry pro? Ooh. Endearing terms only, of course. Yes. Yes. I was I was saying that inside my head. Yes. Right I, now, I kind of yeah. like them because you know what? They're the ones that keep the they're the ones that keep the, <laughs> the machine moving and rolling. Yeah. If it wasn't for these guys, there would be no deals. It'd just be a flat market. Yeah. You know. Um, I think one of their strengths is the, well, I mean, just knowing the market in general. You're not going to typically you're not going to speak with somebody who doesn't know how the market is performing and what works in a sub community. Um, that's definitely one of their strengths. Um, trying to think. Well, I'll, I'll piggyback and say, I also mm. think on the, on the opposite side of that, they've all, they've got a weakness mm. and it's not, this is not the rule. This is just an observation of mine, Sure. but because they're in the industry doesn't mean that they're fantastic operators. That means they've got access to the deal. So when, when I see a weakness, it's that they try to do it themselves. Okay, not all of them. Again, some people are fantastic operators. I could think of one that we have here in Austin that is just, you know, setting the world on fire. But some of these guys are like, look, I'm a real estate agent. I know how to flip a house. <laughs> not necessarily true. Not necessarily true all the time. But when you surround yourself, of course, with the team, now you all of a sudden you might be able to do something pretty special. Yeah. True. And a lot of you have blended archetypes as well because you do have freshmen who happen to be industry pros and you could probably do an entire episode on those sorts of things. But um, there, are, there are some overlapping avatars. Um, but I think with industry pros, you're more likely to see that as a weakness if you've never done this on your yeah. own before. Oh, yeah. If you've so. already got some experience under your belt, you're good. Yeah. They're super powered by, in my opinion, deals. They get deals, right? Agreed. It's also their network. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. And, and it's super valuable. So while we might have talked a little bit about the strengths and the weaknesses and those weaknesses might have come across as maybe like the highlight of it. No, their strengths outweigh all of these weaknesses because they control the network and they, they control the deals. Mm -hmm. So now it's kind of like the center of the universe of real estate investing, at least at the mainstream, the professional flipper. What do you guys think about the professional flipper? This one's pretty self-explanatory, but describe them. He or she. she. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> he or she. Um, God, they're just a well-oiled machine, yep. in, in my opinion. They're. I mean, I know I talked about my favorite type of client, but I mean, these guys and gals would come very close to the, the top as well because it's it's a business. This is an entrepreneur. Yeah. Straight up an entrepreneur. Yeah. This isn't a little side hustle or side job or something that I'm trying to do. This is 100% an entrepreneur. And we described the female version of this person <laughs> a, as a queen bee. That's yes. what this person is. They just, they run shit. They really do. They really do. Um, since we're running out of time, I want to start kind of winding some of these down yeah. a little bit quicker. But let me just say my, what I think the superpower is on the professional flipper. I think it's I think it's juggling. You guys had a couple mm -hmm. of other thoughts on that, but I think it's juggling. They can move them all around. What do you think? Yeah. Give them a give them a superpower. Um, yeah, it's it's juggling. There's a big difference between like multitasking and multi multi focusing. 
Um, I don't think anybody can attempt to multitask and it necessarily won't be very successful yeah. enterprise, but the ability to multi-focus, that's something that these guys and gals can do very well. Yeah, no, and you need, you need special tools to be able to multitask, multi-focus. Yeah, I think, so there's obviously different types in, in this segment of our clientele, but um, the one that comes to mind for me is, is uh, the creative mind. They see all the angles, they can see a really nasty, ugly, dilapidated home and kind of envision something beautiful and, and see the economics pretty clearly I, th I would correct yeah it's yeah yeah let me let me talk about the other side of the coin of the portfolio flipper these two are almost um you know heads and tails the, the portfolio the the professional flipper is in it to make profits mm -hmm. you know profits turn property then you've got the other guy that kind of has all of the same attributes but is looking to hold these properties and we're, we call this person the portfolio builder we know a few of these guys these guys are sharp. These guys are disciplined. These guys have, you know, have all the chops, except they're looking to build their portfolio, meaning build a book of business. A This is the guys that are looking to honestly just build a little empire of rental properties. Okay. So let's talk about them for, for a second. Uh, so real quick, I think it's uh, important to note that most everyone starts on the first leg, yeah. which is I'm going to flip this home and make some money, the BRRR strategy. And then they evolve into less construction and more, more, more of a, a hold strategy. And they'll flip the ones that, that work that way. Yeah. Well, let's talk fast. We got five. Mm. We'll try to make it in five. Are we breaking this up into, into two segments? No, we'll, we'll, we'll take a deeper dive on the next one. We'll do this again. I, we'll do, take a deeper yeah, dive on I the next one. definitely going to say. And maybe we'll take a deeper dive into each of these on the next one. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the next person. And this is a, a specialized one because this person's not in the real estate game. This guy's a little different comes from a you know, different pedigree, this is the investor. That's it, he's an investor. He sees a good deal, be it real estate, be it commodities, be it oil and gas, well, whatever. Yeah. Any of those things, he sees a good deal, he jumps in, right? Um, real estate obviously has an operating component to it, so it's a little different. This is the type of person that surrounds himself with, with killers, with a team. Talk about the, the investor, the deal we just closed in San Antonio, shout out to Evergreen Townhouses in Tobin Hill, right nearby the Pearl Brewery. Yeah. That dude's an investor. He is. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think here about what separates them. Analysts. He sees yeah. the deal. He sees the numbers. He doesn't even, what's crazy to me or what I can really admire and respect is that he may not have seen a hundred or a thousand deals like we have, but he came in and he saw the opportunity and he has the cachet to, to jump on it. And and to make it work. Great word, dude. Cachet, confidence, uh, clarity. Yeah. He, he gets it. He gets it. And they keep us on our toes. They're definitely most likely to ask us a million questions in a good way about how our processes work. They they keep me on my toes. They are detectives <laughs> without question. Um, but the, the level of rationale that they have, I would say, is probably their superpower. They could yeah. just like cut through the fat, see black and white. Black is yes, white is no, move on. If it's a no, that's okay. We move on to the next one. Uh, and again, it might even be an oil and gas deal. But these guys, are, these guys aren't real estate guys. These guys are just yeah. investors. And I, I like working with these guys because it is so black and white. There is not a whole lot of dancing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Moving on, we got two more. Um, and these are probably the two biggest one guys. I'm going to just kind of name them so that we, in case you're listening and you're, you realize we're about to run out of time. We're talking about the home builder 
and we're talking about the developer. There's a lot of similarities, but we're going to break them down here real quick. The home builder is the person who is not only a general contractor, he's probably not even a general contractor. This is a person that can scale a business and build a bunch of houses, like our guy that was at Dell who built 100 houses in 787-21. Yeah, in, in less than a year. So that's the home builder. This is the brand that you recognize for all intents and purposes. Talk about that guy. They're special. They are? Yes. They come, there's so many, there's so many different personas inside of this one. There's the guy that was doing a lot of customs and, and does not want to answer to a consumer. Um, and that's funny because a lot of the most successful guys we work with are that type A where they found mm -hmm. themselves working for someone when that's the reason they built their business mm -hmm. is to work for themselves. And then there's the guys, like you said, they're, they're analytical they worked somewhere as a professional, found a way to scale, you know, business minds. Or, correct. Yeah. These are business yeah. minds. I, I, I like to see these guys because they've somehow, some way they've broken out of the, the importance and significance of the craft and there's nothing wrong with the craft. Let's just be real. They have just kind of, they're in, in another they want to mass dimension. produce it. Yes. Exactly. They've just taken it to the next level and they, they see above the clouds and they're like, if I could do a hundred of these at a 17% return and ta, 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 all of a sudden I have a business yeah. and not only a business that produces revenue, but that's gaining a lot of value. So these are, there's, there's so many different um, ways to look at a home builder, but you guys know what a home builder is. You know, if you're a home builder, if you're building five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 specs a year, you're a home builder. If you're building 150, you're a home builder. If you're building a spec a year, you're not, right? That's a little different beast. You're just kind of dipping your toe. HomeBuilder has a yeah. machine kind of operating in there. And um, yeah, we said it. This is kind of the operational mind. I would say mm -hmm. that that is their superpower. They have a business mind that's good at operations and logistics. And then finally, I wouldn't call this like the granddaddy of them all, but this is the one that takes the biggest, you know, the biggest deals down. And this is the developer. This is the guy that says... I can see through the trees, through the, you know, through the mountains, through the clouds, and just kind of see this raw, savage piece of land. Savage, keyword. Chris loves that word. <laughs> so, so dumb. Um, and, I could, and I could turn it into 72 units where we're going to make $6 million. That's a developer. Talk about those guys. I love these guys. They're probably... Cut from the, a different cloth. Oh, yeah. The most confident, you know? They've seen a lot. Generally, we, these guys have experience. I guess they kind of they have a little bit of everything from mm -hmm. from all of the superpowers and mm -hmm. doing the air quotes, um, but they also they know where they know what they do best and they they leave the rest to their to their team. So it's the the Belichickian kind of mantra. Ding 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 ding. That's the that's the word, dude. For real. <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, that's what it is. I have my Pat's sweatshirt oh, on God, today. No. Take a picture so, for, for social. No one I cares. Am. Yeah, no, I don't I care. Do. I care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think um, with community developers, when they come to us, they're probably looking for more than a conventional lender can give them. Yep. Our space provides that. It allows for that extra level of scale. Yeah. You know, you could develop one project. Maybe have a little bit of luck. You have to raise 30, 40, 50% of the equity for the project through a traditional bank. With us, you yeah. could develop one or two or three projects, raise 15, 20% of the equity or less in certain cases. So they're, these, guys are, these guys aren't risk takers. These guys are just the most confident because in what you said, Chris, to their superpower, they're machines. Mm -hmm. They can't break down because they will continue to break power through. I mean, how many four o'clock in the morning emails do you get from your developer clients? 
it's it's normal. It's not it's abnormal. Yeah, yeah, it's it's normal. Dude, these guys are machines. They are. Um, they have a. You know, everybody has a different, a varying degree of tenacity. But if I were to have to pick which is the most tenacious, it's this dude. For sure. It's it's this dude because uh, they will not stop until they succeed. Uh, they will certainly won't stop until they close. And then when they close, these guys also turn into master operators. But typically, these guys have already established a team. That's another big difference. The home builder and the developer, mm. these are operating businesses. Yeah. These people have teams. These people have payroll. These people are doing it a little different than the general contractor, say, the craftsman. Right? For sure. And they're probably employing some of our other avatars. They're employing our GCs that also come to us. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like- <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. We hit nine, and we hit nine pretty quick. I wish we could have hit... I wish we could have done it for maybe another I, 30 minutes because we yeah. kind of rushed the last four or five. So sorry, people. Um, we will come back with another one. I think what I want to do on the next one is maybe just kind of compartmentalize these a little, break them, break them out into little buckets. You know, like the mm. freshman and the craftsman are closely resembled. So too are the general contractor, the industry pro, and the professional flipper. We could talk about those a little bit more, take a little more detail. Mm-hmm. But um, like always, this has been fun. I normally say something nice about my guests, but I have nothing nice to say about <laughs> you guys. The feeling is mutual. Thank you. Yeah. I'm kidding. It's just because we're talking information <laughs> today. This isn't about your story. I would love to, to hear a little bit more about your stories. Chris, guys, is the one of the premier private lenders in the state of Texas. Reach out to this guy. He will help you put a deal together. Mel is the one that actually gets him across the finish line for him. So, so Chris is the mouthpiece. Mel is the brains. Sorry. Is that good? Chris has, that Chris good has brains as well. Well, he's got brains, but, but he, he leans on your brains. Do you lean on my brains? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm... Um, a mini Belichick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And you're Tom Brady. You're well, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. And I have absolutely nothing to do with it. I'm just kind of here trying to keep the, the show flowing. Guys, this is fun. Let's do it again. Absolutely. Are, are you down? I'm down. Okay. Because this this is, from a content perspective, one of the best shows we've had. We've probably described more in the real world than any show we've ever had. Um, yeah. If you want to share your story with people, we could do that too. But I like this. Let's tell them what's up, what's real, yes. and how they could succeed. Uh, that is all we have, guys. Let me tell you that every one of these people has a has a place you know, in our business, and we can su- support every one of these people. Mm-hmm. Every one of these people has succeeded with us, and we want to continue to dial it in and sharpen our pencil to make it better and better and better for them to not only borrow, but to actually see some big profits and big gains. So it's been fun. We'll do it again. Mel, thank you. you. Chris, thank you. Sean, thank you for letting us go over. Cheers, guys. That's it for this week's Firestarter Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Until then, I'm Romney Navarro. Always keep the flame in your heart, and I'll see you at the top.